Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pete Alonso's getting traded, and baseball sucks. So we're going to talk about football. Diamond Diehards is on. Joe Rizzo bringing you the show today <laughs> with the dog along with the dog Jeff Healy would you we got to change the opening because I feel like the uh the 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 baseball roots here that have gotten us to three and a half years are uh it's gonna dwindle fast and and between and you know we've kind of hinted at this for a long time but I think this is like the actual rising of it. Like, I think we'll still have shows where we talk about baseball and maybe we still call it diamond diehards, but we just do more interviews or we talk about like whatever comes to mind at that time. If, if the dog is here, if everyone's wanting in the audience, as usual, I know nothing about what this is going to talk about on here. <laughs> I gave you a rundown. It's in the chat. The rundown's in the chat. I'll say, we're redesigning the show. I'm like, I'm hearing about this. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, you I, we're just teasing. Just teasing. Sounds good. Yeah. More bourbon. More bourbon. <laughs> Boy, I'm still on water. Um, yeah, it's uh it, it it's 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 like a lost summer of baseball in New York. And it's kind of weird, dog. So okay, I'm Joe Rizzo. That's the dog Jeff Healy. Follow us on Twitter at Diamond Diehards for me at Jeff Healy8. That's the number eight for the dog. And like do all the subscribe stuff on all the podcasts everywhere that you find it. So the lost summer of baseball, if we didn't think it could get any worse, like the Yankees nearly have their longest losing streak in 110 years there there. We could talk about that at, at, at some point. They, they haven't lost 10 in a row since 1913, which was the first year that they were the Yankees. <laughs> they were the Highlanders <laughs> before that. That was the first year they were full time called the Yankees. Um, and this, I think, was like their fourth nine-game losing streak, uh, or their fifth one, and uh, now they're five and zero oh in those games since then. And that was the Judge three homer game, and really, we they they haven't done too much since, but they at least did uh, avoid that ignominious um, fate. And it's kind of interesting because none of the other major sports leagues in North America were in existence in 1913. And I believe in every one of those sports, every team has had at least a 10-game losing streak, apparently. Although the NFL, you would think maybe not. But um, uh, among teams that are alive, the Yankees are like the only one that's gone this far without a 10-game losing streak. The second best record of that is, uh, okay, Um, the recording of the show stopped. I, I that's that's fantastic. Uh, I guess so we're just going to keep we're just going to keep going. Then. <laughs> um, the Cardinals went like 50 years without a 10 game losing streak. So that that streak uh, for the Yankees without a 10 game losing streak is, is more than double the second best uh, effort of, of any team. And that one ended in like the 60s or something. So still still on Facebook, by the way. 
Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for, uh, for checking into that dog. So <laughs> as if we think, you know, and, and the Mets just like kind of haven't had it for, you know, they had the great start and then they just lost it right after that. But like, just when we thought it couldn't get any worse talk, the Pete, Pete Alonso's a goner in the off season. Really? Really? I, I just don't understand that one. Um, Obviously, everything's everything's always up for sale, including my integrity. But um, just kidding, just kidding that one. Um, <laughs> only Daddy says that, uh, kiddos. Um, no, but I mean seriously, if, I mean, if the Mets, if the Mets have taken forever to finally get good position players, I mean, like their entire like almost fifty year or plus fifty plus year history, six year history now. Um, you know, the Mets never had position players. They're finally getting a couple like all-time franchise position sort of players and a guy like Pete Alonso and we can't wait to trade him that uh that just makes no sense I don't know if it sounds almost Will Pontian is would be my thought like like you just I don't think you're past this is like the the irritating thing that you know there's no reason in the world for the Mets to trade Pete Alonso I mean unless they have a completely different view on what his value is going forward which I really don't get a sense of why that would be. Um, you know, he's had a bit of a down year, so is the rest of the team. But even this down year, he's hitting the hell out of the ball, has almost 40, is going to have over 40 home runs, which, you know, last time I checked, doesn't exactly grow on trees in uh, in Queens. <clears throat> so I just, I don't understand it. He, he's a fan favorite. It's not like they have a first baseman come along who's going to push him out. I mean, it just makes no sense. And especially since if you have any sort of desire of competing in 20, certainly in 24 and even 25, why in the world you would get rid of Pete Alonso? Uh, just makes no sense. He's going to look, I mean, I'll tell you this. Um, and, and we got some, uh, we got, we got the, the, the chat working already here. Our pal George Amores love is, is, is jumping in. He thinks that he's a goner. Uh, it's like the Mets can't have nice things. Alonzo never change, charges the mound and pitchers don't retaliate. Um, sadly, he might be a goner. His teammates appear to not like him. I, I, I think that the bottom line here is that if you're a Met fan, the one thing that you really don't like about it is how good he's going to look hitting behind Aaron Judge, right? <laughs> That's the weird doomsday scenario, isn't it? Like, Because if you trade him, right? There's no saying that like you're not going to trade him to the Yankees, although if there was ever a time where those teams would just willingly make deals with each other, it's probably more so today than in past years when you consider like the ownership and the GMs and, you know, like they're they're less inclined to worry about what they've done. Um, You know, like, let's just say they trade him to the Royals, right? And then the Yankees turn around to the Royals and say, hey, wait a minute. We like them. We'll give you this, this, and this. And the Royals are like, oh, wait a minute. Like, we kind of just, you know, for for having him here for a couple of days, like, we could turn around and and kind of get what we what we really, really want. Um, like, those those scenarios exist. Now, listen, I, I don't actually think that um, – he's going to end up on the Yankees because what the Yankees actually need, I mean, it would be great to sort of have him, but the Yankees bigger problem is that they already have too many of the bats from the right-handed side. 
and this would create even a further logjam because um, you have Stanton there. I mean, you can't even entertain this if you're the Yankees. You wouldn't even be in, be able to entertain it unless you got Stanton moved out. The funny thing is, did Stanton ever hit anywhere better than at at City Field? <laughs> Maybe that's it. It's a Machiavellian move. Um, well, it would be. It it, it might. It, I don't, it yeah, might the, help the problem both for teams. Met, but... I met Yankee trade. The problem is they both need starting pitching. Right, that's probably the biggest probably the biggest need on both teams. I would argue at this point. Oh yeah, that got that talk. Make sure, make sure it goes to the right place. I don't. It, there should be plenty of disc space wherever that's it's a... going. Um, that's Yanks can't trade because they both uh, both teams starting pitching. That's the dog's call. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, absolutely, or even free agency, right? I mean, this this is what just makes no sense. Is that this is the guy you sign in lock? Now I don't know if they're just trying to drive his value down or just. I don't know. Just getting bummed out on life, and then trying to send him a long-term deal. I mean, that—that that is what clearly made a heck of a lot more sense. Um, the Mets doing that rather than going in trading him. I mean, it just—you don't. There's just no reason for this Met ownership to do that, particularly coming off a disappointing year. I mean, it'd be one thing if you like rocked it out. Won the World Series, and hey, we got some guys coming up, and we'll move Mauricio to first base or something, and we're saving up our money for Otani. You know, you could kind of spin a story at that point, but coming off a horribly dis- disappointing year, um, that you've already done your 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 trade. Like, if you're going to do that, why don't you trade him at the deadline, right? I mean, once again, make, to me, again, makes no sense that if you if you've already decided to do Scherzer in Berlin or everything else, I'm like. If you were going to do it, I think that time to do that would be um, at the deadline to get max value. You know, I don't know. People argue you get max value in the offseason. I don't really think so. Not for, not for an impact sort of player like that, I don't believe. Um, and it just, it just makes, it, it makes no sense. There, there's, no need, there's no reason to do it, right? You're just going to turn around and take that money and go invest in somebody else. You've already got a proven guy who, who gets it done in New York and everybody and the fans love and the whole like teammates don't like him thing. I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't see it. I, like, I, don't, I don't I haven't seen any reputable stuff that stands behind that. Um, short of they just let him get drilled, but they let all the guys get drilled. So, I mean, it's not like he's the only one who got hit. Everyone likes Mark Cannon. He got drilled all the time. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 don't, I don't buy that part of the story either. Doug Gatto Acupuncture and Wellness is now in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Book online at gattoacu.com or call 551-212-3845. Check out their new location where Dr. Melissa is, and she will take care of you holistically. You know who needs Gatto Acupuncture? Who, Doug? Pete Alonso. Just get drilled to the head. Yeah, <laughs> got, yeah got that one back in the of neck. the neck. You, you know, it's... it's uh, as a as a little leaguer, uh, I I caught one of those in that spot, but I got it flush. So you know how Alonso he like ducked and his helmet exposed the back of his neck, and the ball hit the back of his neck, and then it continued on toward the backstop. Of course, it's you know a major league pitch, even though it was a curve. <laughs> eighty eight miles, yeah, and like that guy throws like an eighty eight mile an hour curve. 
Yeah. So he also can't, he also can't hit the broad side of the barn. I will give him that. <laughs> so this was, so for me, this was little league, but instead of doing what Alonzo did, like I turned and the ball hit me directly in the back of the neck hmm. below the, uh, below the helmet and uh, completely messed me up. I couldn't hit. I couldn't hit after that. I, I was, I was just so afraid of the ball. So when I saw that, I was like having flashbacks. I'm like, oh my God, thank God it didn't hit him like directly just just flush because that was like scared the daylights out of me. I mean, I was a kid, but you know, it scared the daylights out of me. Um, Someone did a, a heat map and like all the spots that uh, Alonso's gotten hit, by the way, like they're all up and in. Like they're all like like shoulder up. Well, that you, which so is you another have bad to... one. Like, you know, occasionally, like, oh, you get this, that, whatever. I'm like, it doesn't even hang over the plate. I mean, that's another bizarre one. Like, it's just like, I don't know. You have to Don't pitch him up and in because if you put it anywhere out toward the middle of the plate, he kills it. So that 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 kind of makes sense. Like it makes sense to take a power hitter's pe- that's where you take his power away, right? Like you, yeah. you but you not to drill him, him though. Like I I, I, I get busted man, and occasionally you're gonna have a mistake in or something like that, but like it, it was pretty it was pretty blatant when you see the pick on it. Like there was a little like two, it was like, you know, the waist like a, a knee or something or a knee and a knee and a foot. And like everything else was like above the chest. How many times has Anthony Rizzo gotten hit this year, dog? I mean, I know he's barely been in the lineup, but he's probably gotten hit like almost 17 times. <laughs> but he's on top of the plate. All right, let's see. Uh, George Moore's love is is uh, uh, very active in the chat. We got him worked yeah, up. Uh, he doesn't want him to be a Yankee. Jerry Milani's in there. Yankees need everything. Uh, have you seen no one cheers for Alonso on the field? During home run derby, I didn't notice that. Yeah, uh, or it. maybe Lindor is the problem, but Lindor's got the contract. So if he's the problem, then, <laughs> then everybody else is the problem. So that speak. is true about the car. <laughs> yeah, Lindor still owes McNeil a car. Has that been an issue in the clubhouse? Is it just boys being boys? Uh, Bob Walker checks in, our great umpire friend. If we have any umpiring questions for for Bob Walker, uh, ask him in, in the chat. Um it's so if you look at the way this this like Yankee Met landscape pans out, right? Uh, and then so you're talking about big guys potentially on the move, right? And and let's just say Alonso's on the move. Like, what are you what are you going to get for him? Like, and and who are you going to get it from? What are you going to do to fill that hole? Like, you've you've created a chasm at first base. Uh, and you know, I, is there a Freddie Freeman out on the market? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And the Mets need for a left-handed bat at first base is not, is non-existent. Like it, it, whereas the Yankees need for a left-handed bat at first base is like, you'd take a guy who's a little bit lesser of a bat, as long as he bats left-handed and you could bat him in the middle of the lineup because they're so desperate for left-handed bats. The whole lineup is right-handed. It's, it's crazy. So I got a couple of scenarios for you, dog. I need you to fill in the Met scenario, whereas just say Alonzo is is jettisoned and they and they got to fill it. You got to help me with some candidates to put there. But for for the Yankees, I think there's the first domino to fall has to be Stanton. Like they have to try to do something with getting him off the roster in this off season. And so as a, as a guy 
and as a player, you know, I've liked him. Like, I, I, I think he's a good dude. He, he doesn't get in trouble. He really cares. Uh, he works hard, and he's just, he's just having a, just an awful season. Like, he's even admitted it. You know, when when Judge went down, Stanton needed to step up, and he just melted away. And at times, he's just been such an easy out that now when he has games where, you know, he's drilling the ball all, all over the field, you're like, wow, where did that come from? And that can't be the case. Um, I don't think he's done, but I think a change of scenery would probably help him. And maybe he's somebody that would make sense for the Mets dog because of his history hitting in that park where he's hit probably better than he's hit anywhere else. I'm not taking your problem. <laughs> Hold on. He's not a, he's not a problem. You're barely going to have to pay him. You're barely going to have to pay you him. Have, you have, you have a, my attention now. <laughs> you have it. You have you have the DH slash outfield slots now as a as a full time DH you know situation that is what the National League is in 2023. That's not an issue anymore. So you can you can play him some in the outfield. You could play him at DH. And listen, your DH is Daniel Vogelbach from one side, and you know I would probably rather have Stanton you know not hitting than than Vogelbach from either side. Uh, like Vog- you know. Vogelbach's been hot. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, he's a he's a. I he concur. Just, we we definitely know. have an opening in DH. That's for sure. That's so so place. so he's so there's a fit there, and then if you lost Alonzo, not to the Yankees, but just in general, if you traded him away, then he does fill that role of the big right-handed power bat that you've just lost. Does he fill it completely? I mean, I you know Alonzo's better than Stanton. Um, you know, right now he's way better. <laughs> You know, potentially year to year, uh, at least, you know, Stanton could probably close the gap here and there. So he would make sense to eventually get to the to the Mets somehow. But I think the more likely scenarios are are, are starting to pop up here. And I I think there is one that should get Yankee fans potentially really, really excited. And the Shohei Otani elbow injury should perk up Yankee fans radar. Like you should be looking around and boom. And the radar should be up because if he's going to pitch, that's one thing. If he's not going to pitch, then if you're the Yankees, you can now put him in play and you don't have to worry as much about getting Stanton off your roster. And here's why. So, as followers of the show know, our uh, best rated show of all time was our interview last summer, uh, last winter with Ray Montgomery, who's the Angels bench coach. And insight from that interview says that, you know, a guy who was a major league outfielder himself and has been like a scouting director with a successful track record, like, say like in Milwaukee where all these guys that, you know, he was responsible for drafting, like you're now making a first place team every year. Um, Otani has like begged to play the outfield and he only did it like for one game uh, and a couple of innings, I think uh, a couple of years ago for, for Joe Madden. Um, If he's not going to pitch, then the prospect of him 
playing outfield becomes very real because there's not an iota of doubt that he could play it and he could play it well. He's not going to hurt you out there. And even if he's like, let's use stratomatic terms, even if he's a five, he's still going to hit. Um, it's not five, two, by the way. So, so I don't think. no, I don't think he would be either. Yeah, I, um, field, I think he would be good as well. Could he play first base? I don't know. You know, first base is a little bit of a different story. You have to feel grounders. I mean, he's a pitcher, so you'd figure that he might be able to do that. But as an outfielder, he's the only, he's the only, the only wrinkle I see with the perfect. outfield is is the the arm, right? If he's if his arm is hurt and can't pitch, like if I'm his agent, I'd be like NFW. Like I'd say, you you want to take a year off and hope you know the the ligament kind of comes back in line or whatever else like that, or you know time will will heal it. Then I to me I'd say let's wherever you go you should be the DH. Well, if you, you want to be an emergency it. outfielder or something like that, that's sort of one thing. But you know, competitive a left like fielder, that a left fielder. I think he could handle it. I think he could I handle just, I, it. I, I, with, I, I, I think he, could, I think he could play it, but I think it's a risky move from his point. Because it, it's that, that risky. I mean, if he can if he can come back and pitch, then he's the, the half a billion dollar guy we talked about, right? If not, then he's an awesome hitter who might be a uh, let's let's call it let's call it, you know, average outfielder. I think it'd be a little bit better, but you know, you could argue, right? He's never really got out there all that much. Um would you want to risk that potential huge upside. Um, yes. If you're if I, if I, yes, because he's going to be team, more, sure. he's going to be more valuable as an outfielder than he is as a DH. Cause then he fits any everywhere and everywhere and anywhere. But I, I guess the question would be is I would, I would agree with that. If he knows he's never assigned a big contract as a pitcher plus. Guess what? If you told me, that he would play the outfield starting next year. And like, well, we could also mix him in at DH, even if it's half and half, half and half, I will take it. And I will give him the 500 million. I'm not even batting an eyelash. Wow. I am not hesitating. You know wow. why? Wow. Think dog economics here. I am going to make that money back every single year on him. He is so marketable. And that marketability for a guy like that is not going anywhere. And if you're the Yankees, you also have a, a, a good history with Japanese players there. Uh, Matsui was beloved by Yankee fans. Me, I mean, he was like my favorite player. I loved him, Tanaka. I mean, th- those guys have, have been beloved at Yankee Stadium. I mean, Hideki Arabu was the first one he came in. He just basically, he made it so like every Japanese player was going to be more loved than he was from the, <laughs> from, from the beginning. But you're in New York and you're, you know, basically he's, he's, he's pitched for a while and then he goes to the Yankees. He becomes a full-time outfielder and he's like on the Babe Ruth track right there, right? Like <laughs> it he, is. It's, knew we were going with that. It's the dog. <laughs> it's the most marketable thing ever. You don't think you're going to make back the money on paying him 50 million a year for 10 years. And I'll go the top. I don't care. I'll go the 10 years. I'll pay him till he's 40. I don't care for him, for him. I will do it because guess what? He's getting better as a hitter. His peak is is trending later. And when he comes off of his peak, 
he's still going to be really good. And then if you have the judge Otani combination, I mean, you're never going to be far off if you're the Yankees from competing. I know we had some comments in there. Yanks need pitching. Mets need pitching. Whatever. I, I don't think pitching has really been the Yankees problem this year. It's clearly, clearly, clearly been the offense. Even when their pitching hasn't looked like it's so good, guess what? Their bullpen has still had the number one ERA in baseball. And you can find starters in an offseason here and there when you're starting out with Garrett Cole at the front of your rotation. Like you can you could do See, that. Did, you did could figure out, out a way. <laughs> well, uh, listen. I, I, I had the same thought. <laughs> yeah, but you guys were, you know, you, you we we talked about it at infinitum that yeah, it's great on paper and, and, you know, but your starting pitchers for the Mets are 40 and, you know, there's just a lot more risk and unpredictability there. Garrett Cole's not 40. He's like 30. So he's, he's still going to be a front of the line guy for a while. Now, nobody expected the precipitous drop off of Severino and, you know, you didn't really foresee Nestor Cortez basically giving you nothing this year, I mean, I know you like he he was he came out of nowhere last year, so theoretically you kind of shouldn't have expected it, but the pitching really hasn't been their problem. Their problem is that they can't score runs. So whatever pitching they have, like Clark Schmidt has been he's been pretty good this year. Like he's he's been fine. He's been probably a little bit better than some of the Mets guys that that have stepped in. I mean, he had a rough start to it, but since then, you know, he's He's been pretty good and they've had guys that they could bring in to fill in these spots. Plus you do have these middling guys in free agency that, that are always out there. And, you know, the angels haven't done a good job of bringing those guys in, but like the Yankees have in the past, I mean, guys like Jamison Tyone, you know, when you bring him in, he's not, he's not great, but, he gets you innings at the back of your rotation. And when you have a great offense, that's a way to win games. You know, guys that are just middling or back of the rotation starters on good, like Jordan Montgomery, he was a good example, right? On a good team, he's a back of the rotation guy. He can give you innings. And, you know, when he's on a middling team or a bad team and he's pushed to the front of the rotation, he could still give you innings, but you, he's not going to win games. You know, like you, you just, He'll keep you in the mix most of the time, but you know, he's not, he's not Cole. And when it comes to a playoff game, he's going to be pushed out of the rotation. If you have three other guys better, which you're going to need to win the world series, you know, you put him on the Astros. He's, he's the fifth starter. You put him on the Rangers. He's like the two or the three right now with, with all those guys that are hurt, you know, it's, it's, it's Scherzer gray and, and like Montgomery, but if DeGrom and, you know, some Dane Dunning or whatever, you know, like he were there, some guys were healthy, like he might get, he might get pushed out. Um, so I don't think that's been the Yankees problem. So I, there's a few scenarios here too. Like I said before the season that I thought, first of all, I still think that Otani, I still think the favorite to keep him is the angels. I, I'm still going to be surprised. I know everybody's like, he's gone. He's not going back there. I, I will still be surprised. I won't be shocked, but I'll be surprised if and when he leaves. I said then, I think the next favorite would be the Giants. And I don't think anybody at that point had mentioned the Giants at all. Now, during the middle of the season, I've started to hear it more. The Giants have the money. They have the gumption. 
they had the Barry Bonds exception, you know, for 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 all those years. And, you know, they they wanted to do it this past year and they did do it. And then they rescinded the contract, as did the Mets um, for Carlos Correa. So the Giants best, have the gun. Best move the Mets made all year. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, the Giants have the, the the Giants have the gumption to do it. So if he wants to stay on the West Coast and he doesn't want to sort of take the hearts of the Angel fans by going to the Dodgers, then the Giants are the are the logical place. Now, let's say the Giants miss out on him. Maybe that's the point where you get the Giants to take Stanton, and Stanton agrees to go, or maybe J.D. Martinez doesn't get re-signed because you can send Stanton to the Dodgers, which is another place that he'd be likely to go. Like the most likely places he'd agreed to go, I would say are for sure the Dodgers and, you know, secondarily the, the giants. So if you can get out from under him, that also helps you. in in the bid for Otani, your other angle, if you're the Yankees is the one that I've thought all along, which is, I reach back for my prop. If you're not watching, then you're going to miss this. But dog, you could say what what I'm holding up now. Holding up the Juan Soto uh, Padres bobblehead. Yeah. So Juan Soto, to me, is the guy that the Yankees really have kept left field open for. But you've kept left field open for him, you know, in terms of free agency. Like, you're less likely to make a deal to get him. They just might not even have what it takes to get a deal if the Padres decide to deal them. But you've left it open to get him in free agency, and that doesn't occur until after next season, right? But now, if if you have the prospect of Otani not pitching anymore, then you should be evaluating Otani as a potential left fielder. So there's a scenario where Soto ends up with the Yankees Otani stays on the West Coast somewhere. Otani goes to the Mets. Uh, you know, Alonzo ends up in San Francisco. Like, there's a few. It's like the Padres, the Angels, the Yankees, Mets, Giants, and the Dodgers in there somewhere. Like, for all these guys. For all these guys, I think. Healy, where's the you, tall boy as you, uh, Gallagher you, checks in? You, you, got, you got like a six-way deal going right now. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, th- I think I think the Dodgers are being a little undersold on it. By the way, I think uh, which part? Which part? Uh, just going straight for Otani. No, I'm not underselling them. I'm yeah. not underselling. I them. think I, uh, I'm saying the scenario of from the Otani standpoint is if he doesn't want to steal the hearts. Uh, I mean, if he goes from the Angels to the Dodgers, the Angels should just might as well just fold up their franchise at that point. I mean, you're not, you can't, you won't be able to look a Dodger fan in the face after that. You just can't. I mean, it's like, and you didn't get anything for him. So if you don't get anything for him and he goes to like the Giants or if he goes to the Yankees or the Mets or the Cubs or some, the Mariners, come on. But if he goes to the Dodgers, that's the death. You might as well just go to, just move to Vegas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's 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 right. That's the play. So Screw the goes, A's. Trey Trout and just go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Trey Trout to the Phillies and go start uh, Aaron Nola and just go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah we're taking it's a great call out. We're taking the entire farm system. 
white trout never go to got a little uh got a nice little reunion going on the chat here the chat is oh, like on fire up. tonight i love this on a monday august 28th there you go as uh you know we've been doing show what after show what after show in the summer one topic in <laughs> knew we should have right. dinner dinner <laughs> Baseball sucks, uh, so we talk about football. Brought to you by Mascolo Group Realtors, serving the Northern Valley and Pascac Valley in, in um, North Jersey. Go to GaryMascolo.com or call 201-615-3665. As we do for all of our sponsors, just go into the description of the show if you want more information about them, in, no matter where you are, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, by the way, going away. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, dog. Oh, I did not know that. So our Stitcher listener. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna we can to, move. We can bring him over. Bring him over. Yeah, bring him over. Um, the NFL season starts September 7th when the Detroit Lions visit the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the defending Super Bowl champs. Now, what's kind of funny is the Lions were like the it team heading into the season last year because they were on hard knocks, right? And everybody was like falling in love with them. And Dan Campbell and our pal Boomer bought, uh, he bought a Lions jersey because he's just a front runner. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, so they sucked at the start of the year. I mean, they didn't suck, but they just, what, what did they end up? They started like, Oh, and six or one and seven, something like that. And then they, they like found it. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like this fun team that everybody was behind. And, you know, they got to the, to the last game of the last week and they just needed a couple of things to break. Right. And then they were playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and had a couple of things broken. Right. And the lions won that game. They would have been in the playoffs. Otherwise, the scenario that unfolded was the Packers needed to win the game and then the Lions beat them to take it away. And now Aaron Rodgers has left the Packers and he's on hard knocks for the Jets and the Jets are this like, you know, this darling team. Uh, Doug, uh, have you looked at the Jets schedule to start the year? Uh, I have not looked at their schedule yet. I, I think what, so. What I'll do right now, dog, is I will I will drone on for a moment while you pull up the pull Jets up schedule. Okay, schedule. Is you gonna you gonna you gonna love? I was this. checking out the depth chart. Actually, let's see what we got. All right. Ooh, Buffalo. That's not harsh. That's a rough start. Okay, so we're getting right at it versus Buffalo. All right. That's a uh, actually I kind of love that because uh, especially echoes of uh, Giants Cowboys. Like we might. We're going to find out right away who's real and who's not. And where uh, is that game, most importantly? In MetLife. Okay, so that's like a must-win in game game one, isn't it? It is. It's kind of like a must-win for what you just said. It's like crazy. Like, actually, back-to-back-to-back to back to back, uh, MetLife uh, games, too. Crazy. So then, okay, so... Okay. so- so go, you know, it's a Buffalo right away. So tough So tough gig, right? Your Rodgers just coming in, so... Um, you know, you would figure this team gets better as the season goes on, as they get more chance to gel, a lot of new pieces in, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, tough, uh, tough start right now. So next game at Dallas. At Dallas. 
tough one. I mean, tough, you know. Has Rodgers ever lost at Dallas? Oh, no, wait. It was the, the Cowboys never win in Green Bay, right? Yeah, I think but, that's Or do the Packers never lose? A, do the Cowboys ever beat the Packers anywhere? <laughs> I forget. There's one. It's like, I think maybe it's just that Dallas doesn't win in Green Bay or Green Bay always yeah, wins. Seems, I don't know. That seems more like it. I think Rodgers has done well against Dallas, but it's, yeah. you know, Rodgers against Mike McCarthy, right? Yeah. So that's a that's a fiery game right off the bat. Yeah, short week. Now, short week traveling to Dallas as usual. <laughs> Dallas getting like, hooked up. But like, what if you're zero two? It's then, really possible. Then you get to, then you get to come home to the hoodie. <laughs> okay, You're scheming for weeks. Okay, that one so, that one they should take. Game three at home against the Patriots is a one hundred percent. That's a must win. Must must ex- win. Yeah. Except except if they're two and zero, and the Patriots come into the game two and zero. Right. Then you're like, well, maybe the Patriots are better than we think. Maybe Belichick, you know, has has something going here where he's uh, just been underestimated this season. And this team is like a little bit better than we think. But that's the only scenario where it's anything but a must win. Is it? You got to come out. You got to come out week three, two and one, because next week you're hosting Kansas City and you're going to lose. (laughs) Right. Right, So there's your home game. So right. You 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 pray you come out of the first games two and two. Right, you got to at least go two and two in those first four. Right, yeah. You and you act. could do you could be zero and four. Yeah. You could be four and zero, but you could be zero and four. The good thing is you have the Buffalo game and you have the Kansas City game at home in yep. that span. So. Three home games. And l- later in the season, that two and two would be a lot easier than it's going to be right out of the gate. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> you want this momentum if you're the Jets. You don't want to have to try to play from behind the way that the Lions did last year because you have so much good feeling. You have the tweener fan right now, that sort of next generation New York tweener fan, right? Who's trying to decide between the Giants and the Jets, or they they don't know that they're trying to decide. It's just going to be something that kind of happens, right? Like when what, you're young, you just Jets one and two down two touchdowns fourth quarter that Kansas City game. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> the fan the fan base will be an uproar. <laughs> I don't know, but you can't complain too much if you're losing to the Chiefs. That's the thing. It's well, like if you're if you're staring at one and three and hopes dashed already. Oh. Here's something interesting though. Misery. What if you? What if you go into that game three and oh Sunday night game too? If you're three and oh going into that game and you're not an underdog, like let's say the Chiefs come in one and two or or two and one or something. Jets minus one or something like that. Yeah, like something like that. Like or yeah. pick 'em game, like and then Monday night game. And the Chiefs come in <laughs> and they just take you apart. Like one of those forty two to twelve chief jobs, right? Like Travis Kelsey, six touchdowns, you know, like the, one of those. <laughs> like as a what, Jet fan, like how do you feel at, the, at that point? The Jersey Troopers better show up with a presence. I'll just say that one way or the other. Coming out of that game. Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> All right. So it's it's crazy. The Jets right off the bat. Tough. I mean, listen, they, 
they didn't have a they didn't have a choice about hard knocks but this was definitely like the best choice yeah because it has it literally has i've watched a few of them and i have not watched hard knocks for like 12 years i used to watch it early like but i don't think i've watched it i never got and Tannehill was drafted by the dolphins like i think that was the last (laughs) season i watched it like not even shitting you right um it's it's but it's been you know it's been vanilla fluff but um I, it's hard not to get into the Jets. And, you know, like I do, you're a huge Giants fan. I'm a huge Giants fan, like, you know, a birthright Giant fan. But, like, I'm excited. I love Rodgers, though. I know I'm, like, on the, on the minority. Like, I, I freaking love Rodgers. What am I going to do? I can't help it. I just love the guy. Probably something dapple. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. Anyway, so we got we got at Denver. Are we going to do the whole schedule or uh, we just want to do that? Uh, we could go, we could go giants. We could go giants now. All right. Let's, they got, uh, they got, they got Edward and then they got Philadelphia and then a roll sense of the giants. As we, as we mentioned, right. uh, you know, wrapping up the jets here, just take a break up big Ed's car wash, 17 16 river road in Fairlawn, New Jersey, clean and green has 118 foot tunnel. will leave your car sparkling and they'll do a great job inside as well. Big Ed's car wash, Fairlawn, New Jersey. Tell Ed, that Diamond Diehard sent you, and happy belated birthday to Big Ed as well. Ah, happy birthday, Big Ed. All right, dog. Uh, Giants. Week one is big. Week one is big. This is going to be a rough and tough division. Um, I think all the teams fortified this year. Um, I like what the Giants did. Um I think they closed a lot of the talent gap, but I think there's still a little bit there, certainly with Philadelphia and probably a little bit with Dallas, even just being honest. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you're a giant fan, you got to be pretty excited. I mean, uh, the organization is definitely there that we're, uh, you know, that they're definitely on a strong uptrend. And if the offensive line can be average, you know, uh, this is going to be a real dangerous team. Because I think that D is going to be for real. I think Wink's really going to get to um, use the defense the way he wants to, with uh, two good young uh, rookie corners out on the uh, out on the island. Uh, speed all over the place, both sides of the ball, um, and weapons all over the place on offense. So that that feels pretty good. All right, week great. one. Where is it? What is it? How Dallas is- at home, the biggie. The biggie Sunday night Monday. game, big, it, it, uh, big oh, Sunday that. night. That's right. And that, I, I mean, it's crazy. A must game. That's almost a must game. And for, yeah. the, for the division, it's almost a must game week one, which is which is nuts. Uh, and for once to get to actually host Dallas, this was to fly down and, and play Dallas week one. Well, I, I think one thing. So we have Paul Gallagher chiming in on the uh, on the chat. Twenty two K Dallas fans in the building. Um, it's kind of a good point. The Giants have been down for so long that I think those numbers for the Cowboys in MetLife Stadium and listen, the Cowboys travel, you know, as good or better as as any franchise in, in any sport. Right. Um, now there's so much anticipation for the Giants being back and a hunger for their fans to actually see good football, uh, football that they respect, like it's a totally different feeling as a giant fan going into this season, even than it was last year, last year, going into the season, 
was the same sort of hope and blind optimism that we had the three previous times when they changed coaches yeah. since hope, hope but realistic right if you if if you went and said like you know they were competitive but they were four and four and eleven but they were competitive and they just kept falling a little bit short none of us would have been shocked last year right, right. but what you got was you got what was arguably the best coach team in the league winning games that they shouldn't have been winning and you know making the playoffs and winning a playoff game on the road and you know until they were overmatched in Philly uh which was you know at least it was a it was a merciful and and, and quick ending i mean the game was over it, it literally like by two possessions into the game the game was <laughs> over um so there was like you didn't even have to watch it you know you could just be like all right well we had a great season uh on to next year but now you come in and you're like wait a minute like Daniel Jones looks great and, you know, he finally has a system and he's got a coach that's understands where his strengths are and took away a lot of where his weaknesses were last season. And you have an offensive line that had been shredded previously and it got to serviceable last year. And now if it gets past, you're like, well, if we could do that with just like a serviceable line, they weren't good, but they were serviceable. If they just get to good this year, that's going to be average. Just average. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's going to be average. It'll be a big, big, big difference. Yep. Right. And now picking up guys on defense between the draft and and this i say isaiah simmons trade was huge it it, it looks like it makes no sense like like it feels like the eagles was there was made. there <laughs> i know you're like right. the eagles do every year it's like they get a guy for free yeah <laughs> it was like a second back player and at uh yeah the, the giants finally got one of those yeah the giants got him and they didn't pay anything for him they paid like a seventh round pick to get him and he's a million bucks i know He's like a salary cap saving. I know. Like, what are those? What are these guys going to do next year? They're going to they're going to trade a sixth round pick to the Cowboys for Micah Parsons <laughs> next off season. That's what we could expect. You got to pay up a little bit after after. Yeah, you got to pay up all the way to the six. Yeah. Um, a six next year, and then a seven the year after. Um, no, it's it's like unbelievable. I mean, from Joe Shane all the way down at the GM spot. And then, you know, him and Brian Dable being on the same page, it's, it's, it gives you just a completely different feeling. It's still cautious optimism. You know, that the roster hasn't been completely revamped, but like one of the big weaknesses was that wide receiver. And what did they do, dog? They brought like 23 receivers <laughs> at the camp, right? Like I might be cutting Cole Beasley. I'm like, that guy looks great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looks. He's looked phenomenal. You know I'm saying, yeah, he's like, he's like number the number seven wide receiver. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean Waller right there, huge, uh, huge matchup problem. Um, Daniel gotta Jones stay actually, healthy. Waller, Waller's got to stay healthy. He's a big very, question mark. Very, as far very. As and that's concerned. why they got him for the price they did. Right. Yeah. Right. That but, is. But um, I mean, plays right into Daniel's strength. Like hitting a, a tight end down the middle deep is like right. That's like Dan Jones' sweet spot. They haven't had an ability to to transact on that. Um, that's huge. They brought in a ton of speed. I mean, just look at year over year, right? I mean, it's it's crazy just how much more speed you have out there 
um, you know, Hodgins being a great pick from last year, Campbell, and obviously Jalen Hyatt coming in. I mean, tremendous talent that you put in at the uh, at the wide receiver spot. Um, you know, Wandell Robson, hopefully, if he when he when he comes back uh, to rejoin the team, um, tremendous amount of talent on there, and all that again, if you get the line, give you the time, all that, all that speed over the top that just opens it up for Saquon as well. And just everything, everything starts to get better. That's the, that's the great thing. And the thing I love about the, the sport is it starts to turn them a virtuous circle where everything winds up getting a little bit better right now. Now Saquon can release and go out and be a receiver into the flat, right. And be a complete matchup nightmare versus a below par pass protector because our, our line is getting overrun. Right. So now I like the thing is, everything starts to get better. Then. I like the thing you said about Waller, um, because for a quarterback like Jones, the reason why a guy like that becomes potentially so valuable, right? It, it's, it looks great on paper and until we start seeing it in games, it's a little different, but quarterbacks that can move benefit more from that tight end who has the ability to release. The reason is because as the quarterback starts to move, Whoever is covering the tight end is the first person that turns and starts to go after the quarterback, right? They can't guard both guys. They got to go get, they got to go get the scrambling quarterback. And most of the time, the quarterback is not going to make that throw to the tight end. But when that opens up, it's, you know, it, I mean, it could be five, six times a year. Um, And if it happens early, then what starts to happen is he starts to scramble and that guy stays with the tight end, and now he runs for twenty yards, right? Like, look at, like, look at the guys. You know, the the sort of exception uh, in the last five years is Brady with Gronkowski, right? But you know, Mahomes, he's he's not a runner, but he's a scrambler, right? You could say he's a scrambler. Yep. And and look look at, at that. Watch when Kelsey makes the big plays. That's when he makes the big plays. Like he's all around phenomenal, but when he gets those big gainers, it's it's from you know Mahomes coming out of the pocket. Watch Mark Andrews from the Ravens. You know, he gets wide open in space when Lamar Jackson looks like he's going to take off, and then Lamar Jackson throws these fluttering ducks to him, he catches it in stride, and he goes for thirty six yards. Right, the guy sometimes runs like he has a lead piano uh, on his back. Um, but he's great, right? And Waller is his is that type of guy where he's he's really you know he's a receiver first. Um, he's not he's not you know Gronk in the running game, right? But um, that's fine. Like they hopefully don't don't need that. So a lot of cautious optimism here, uh, like a different sort of confidence in the Giants. What about week two? Week two going on the road to Arizona. Uh... Be a fun, fun one to travel to. Wish we wish we could pull it off to uh, go see Boomy out there. Um, but uh, you know, Arizona, Knockwood seems like they are they're hard sellers at this point. So you got to feel good about that game. Then you got the uh, San Francisco next week. So that's a toughie at San Francisco. So that's tough back to back. Giants a lot on the road early, which again is a tough one. And again, you know. Again, the Arizona game maybe came a little bit easier than than we had kind of thought previously. But you know, if you got Dallas, Arizona, San Francisco, and then home with Seattle, you know that's that's three that's three pretty tough games right there. Uh, Seattle does have to travel; um, they do get the extra night. 
uh, Monday night game. So to give him a little bit of a break on there. And uh, oh, actually, I forgot about yeah, I forgot about this uh, shenanigans here. So for week two, week three, so so again, which really makes the Dallas game so huge, right? So you got you're traveling on the road to um, you know somewhat shorter week uh, to Arizona Sunday, and then you have a whole you have an away game Thursday in San Francisco. So they're going up staying out there, which is just like uh, I guess it was good they said they they'd rather just stay there, but uh, but that's kind of crazy in its own right. And then uh, they do get a nice little break for Seattle. So, um, so you really, you know, if you're the Giants, you really want to be able to, you want to be two and one, I think, coming out of there. Um, yeah, you do. Which means oh, you got, you got to, you got to be a team that's going to, you're going to be, you know, what, kind of a pick them, uh, pick them, or maybe an underdog, right? Between between Dallas and San Francisco, you got to get at least one of those, and you got to hope that you get Arizona as well. Yeah, um, I, I think the best time to catch San Francisco is right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, here. and it'll because be a short it, week for them too. So, in fairness, yeah. Um, Brock Purdy, you know he's he's ready. He's there. He's playing. Uh, they traded Trey Lance for pennies on the dollar. I texted my friend Peter Clark. Well, Peter, he's been on. He he did our draft show not this year but last mm-hmm. year, and I just texted him uh, during you know when Trey Lance was demoted to third string. I sent him a text, LOL, Trey Lance. And then you're like, Peter, like you're one of like six people that I know that will just, that I could just text this to. And like, you'll totally get it. Like you'll get what. <laughs> and then they end up trading him to the Cowboys for like nothing. Um, Quarterback controversy already. Come on. I, by, the, by the way, the, the Eddie Agar on Twitter was just hilarious. Oh God. It's, yeah, it's really, it's really, it was the garbage, yeah, the garbage can or the mailbox or whatever. Yeah, the garbage can. It's garbage can. That was just tremendous. God. Um, <laughs> it's going to learn from that kind of do that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's look, I mean, I get why you take a chance on the guy. I get it, but like nobody's ever seen it in, in him. Like it was crazy. Even on draft day when the Niners mortgaged whatever to get him. I mean, they ended up paying like three first round picks to move up to the point where they could get him. And everybody was like, why didn't, why didn't didn't you just stay where you were? Got like, nobody else was going to take him. And even when he was in there last year, it was, it was clearly like a forced, you know, startership. Right. And then the guy who's Mr. Irrelevant in the draft ends up becoming your, your starter. And then, you saves know, the your, guy saves was, the GM <laughs> and then a guy who was picked second overall, you trade him for nothing. And a guy who was picked third overall, who you got off the scrap heap is now your backup. <laughs> and listen, the writing was on the wall. As soon as free agency opened and, um, and they, and they signed, uh, uh, what's his face there? You know, I just said he was the third pick in the draft. And now I can't think of his name. The guy from the jets. Uh, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. Yeah, they Sorry. signed Sam Darnold like immediately. He was like the the first free agent signing by like <laughs> anybody. Like, why are you signing like a third string quarterback? Well, they weren't signing a third string quarterback. Yeah. They were they were sealing Trey Lance's fate right there. Like, listen, I mean, I I I hope for Trey Lance. I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, I hope for him that you know he gets a chance and and has success somewhere. But like. I'll be, I, I will be shocked. Like I just never, I mean, nobody's really seen them a lot, 
but like even from what I've seen, I'm like, he just I don't get it at all. And then you know, people who I respect, um, NFL wise, like the people who I listen to, like it's all it's like literally unanimous. Like I've never heard one person say they really think that this guy could be it. So yeah, you know, for the Cowboys, if you take a chance, if he's your third guy or second yes. guy or whatever, and you know, a couple of guys get hurt and and you know, he, he surprises you or he does something, then, then that's great. But like, that's a, the time to catch the Niners is now. And the other thing is if you're the giants, right. They were strong on the road last year, much stronger than they were at home. And the Niners typically have been stronger on the road as well. And a little bit more vulnerable at home. So, uh, you know, catching them early in the season, playing them at San Francisco, it could be a couple of advantages here for, for the, uh, for the giants to, to grab that game against, you know, one of the, the, I think they are the the second favorite out of the NFC for the super bowl. Yeah. Uh, what do they got for week four? <clears throat> so week Grab four, they up. got home for Seattle. Oh yeah. You so, talked about that. Yeah, so that's so, a revenge know, game now too, right? Like that's a revenge game. Cause yeah, the Seahawks not, not an easy one last year. Yeah. But that's, that's one you got to win. And if you want to, if you want to be in the playoffs and win the division, this is, that's one you got to win. Yeah. I would say. Um, not an easy game though. Then the next two weeks to go on, on the road, um, on the road to Miami and on the road to Buffalo. Yeah, that a, that's a tough, very tough game. Tough right there, right? Right. You um, have to win that Seattle game because you're gonna lose one, you're, one of those other two, if not both. Yeah, you because you could lose those other two. Yeah, you hope to split. You hope to beat Miami. You might say you hope to beat Miami and Buffalo. Well, Buffalo is gonna be a long putt. I mean, that, you know, Shane and, could be toasty. I mean, you know, it's not Shane and Shane and Dayball going back to Buffalo. Like, I feel like we got to win that one. <laughs> That'd be a big old Sunday night game again, too. Win it for Coach October Dayball. 15th. It might be, might be snow. <laughs> October 15th, Buffalo. Could be snow. Win it for uh, Coach Dayball. Coming baby. back for Washington. That'll be interesting. Which which Washington is it? Is it the Washington we've, we've known the last several years? Or is this the one that finally has our quarterback? And, uh, you know, the rest of the team, the rest of the team's talent is there. They found their quarterback. You know, even that becomes a, a tougher game uh, for the Giants. Um, then they get hosting the Jetsies. Huge game. Both teams. Both be uh, both will be fired up for that. And then they get <clears throat> road travels again. So for November, on the road to Vegas. Uh, you probably got to take that one. Uh, at Dallas. So we'll see on that. And then at Washington. So and then home for New England, and then finally a bye. So they get they have a rough, rough road. Those first uh, those first twelve weeks that is, that is a rough road. And there's no sneaking up on anybody this year. Yep, they did that last year. But but yep. listen, they I, got, I don't. They have they, got, they have they have prime time games like three. They got three. They was it three of the first three of the first six weeks around prime time. So dog, it, it there's no there's no sneaking up on anybody this year. However, I will say this. One of the earmarks of the success of the teams that are well coached is that they don't need the sneaking up on people thing to carry over. Like that scares the opposition week in and week out, knowing that like this team is probably not going to make the mistakes to beat themselves. Like we have to go out there and beat them. How many games did the Pats win? Just because of that, 
like year after year after year, you knew you're like, Brady's not going to make a mistake. Great. What if we can get the defense to make a mistake? Well, the defense is not going to make a mistake either. <laughs> so like, how are we going to beat these guys? Like they don't on paper, they're, they're, they're pretty good, but the talent is not through the roof. They got like three or four guys at the top that are super good on both sides of the ball. And like, Everywhere else, like we might have an advantage. Yeah, but they're just not going to beat themselves ever. And, you know, even if it's, you know, when there's 213 left in the fourth quarter and it's a three-point game, like they're out managing you. Like they if you make the mistake and you you give up 10 seconds where you needed to keep it, or you let 10, you know, seconds stay on the clock where you needed to to melt it, the Giants are not screwing it up the giants are getting it right and they're getting it right almost every time and they got a great kicker too let's not forget that that makes a difference right like in these games a lot of these tight games you got you know we like graham gano so dog fmsgraphics.com is a family-owned family-run business for over 50 years go to fms graphics for all of your printing and promotional needs Big supporters of Big Blue, by the way. <laughs> uh, as are we. All right, dog. The uh, the Twitter handle. Do we finish yeah. down the stretch or are we, are we done? Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Yeah, you yelled at me for being like on the first topic 40 minutes <laughs> in. So I decided to accelerate. Well, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> I just, well, we ended up talking more about baseball than I thought we were going to. That's true. Uh, there yeah, were more the, scenarios. The fans demanded it. They won. I they and won. I did talk. Yeah, talk. and Met talk. There was a lot of yeah. good, a lot of the good yeah. Met talk there with with Alonzo stuff. Whatever. Pedro will be back. There we go. Dallas must go down. <laughs> yeah. George George fired up on. I, I like how PJ Marisco <laughs> was like, "Stop being a boomer on your dud trade." Yankees need to bench Bader since he is a dead man walking and bring up Dominguez. However, he was rebuffed by George Morris, who said, uh, "Who said Dominguez far from ready." Bader will be back. And Mr. Amores, as, as I, I can tell you, he is, uh, while he is not a Yankee fan, nobody does a better job of watching the minor leagues than George Amores. He, he, he could be a scout. Nice. So if, if George says Dominguez is far from ready, then he is far from ready. And I didn't even mention literally anything about the trade. I, that's the first time I mentioned Bader's name, just reading a comment, right? Did I mention the trade at all? You mentioned Jordan Montgomery, so I, f- I feared it was just going to go to a whole other level. But I didn't mention yeah. the trade, though. I was just you didn't using mention the trade you did as an example. Trade, so. yep. Because aren't the Mets playing Texas now? He's starting the second game, right, or the third yep. game of that series? Yeah, I know he started one of them. Right. Sure well, Gray is. Gray is in the first game. A guy who you said the Mets should have gotten, John Gray. Mm-hmm. And I agreed mm-hmm. with that. Yep. He's, again, he's at the deadline in free agency, too. He's like, you know, Gray is... He's sort of like a right-handed version of Montgomery, but he's like he's just like a tick above it. Yeah. Not great, but he's 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 good. Like he's yeah. he's a guy. He's a middle he's of a solid the rotation three, guy which, in a, which on a good need. team. You yeah, need solid, solid Yes, and you feel we have like, a but we did not. <laughs> and you feel like in a in a playoff game, he's he's not going to throw a no hitter, but you feel like he's he's going to be. He there. gives you the four innings, and you work the bullpen around him. If you have you to, yeah, four or five. Yeah. You you yeah. hope he's going to give you four or five. Um, Dog the Twitter, Jeff Healy eight. That's the number eight. And uh Diamond Diehards for me. I don't do you still call it Twitter? Or do you call it X? Whatever. I still call it Twitter. I still, still call Twitter. Twitter. I'm not I'm not calling it X. 
I love X. I mean, I have a child whose first name begins begins with X. Producer Xavier. Or wait, does his name begin with a P? Producer Xavier. <laughs> PX. PX ninety. There you go. Um, and uh, follow the podcast everywhere that podcasts are, but especially here. At I mean, listen, if you're listening to this on demand later on. Uh, that's great, but if you had the chance to be on the live stream on Facebook, you would have been able to jump into the comments here. We had some really, really, really great and lively commenters today, so we uh, we thank you guys for for all chipping in. Uh, Butler, Butler coming in. Oh wait, wait Uncle, I, Uncle Paul not commenting. He, he's in here. He's just lurking, lurking. Oh well, yeah. I gave Uncle Paul a little heads up. He might have missed the beginning, like where we were talking about the Met part. True. See, I don't know how you could see the people that are in the room when I can't. I don't know. I don't know. The, are you uh, looking at it on your phone? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's it. I have it on the on the browser screen in front of me. So, I, so is, I'm looking down. The phone is superior. It's a superior piece. It helps. <laughs> By the way, good. Uh, it helps us. What, what did we? Uh, what was I just watching? Good, uh... The phone is the phone is superior, dog. It helps the CCP track us better. <laughs> uh good good show i think on netflix on uh, abbey road by the way a little uh outreach, a little uh something from uh mary mccart uh mccartney so paul's daughter doing a little thing really abbey, abbey road like the 90 years of abbey road very good popped it on last night so wow uh, i got it i gotta check highly, that highly out rec- the... highly recommend a little elton john in there so he doing some shout outs there and all that i stuff. gotta i gotta i got maybe i'll it's sit down and watch that with dominic rizzo who's that's a, uh, uh, that's a goodie He's teaching himself goodbye yellow brick road on the piano these days. It was, it was very cool. a, big... a little bit of a get back uh, vibe, but like much shorter and, and condensed. So nice, nice, big, little, big Beatles know, fan, Dominic Rizzo. Yeah. I started watching um, like watch get back behind. with, uh, with I haven't watched it yet. I Dominic it's and I long. wanted to watch it together, but yeah, that, that's a long, long it time. It's it's usual Peter Jackson. It's about 50% longer than it needed to be, but it's good. That's kind but, of like, uh, Riz like. That's kind of Riz like. Everything's everything's fifty percent longer than it needs to be. That's also how I got triplets, by the way. Right. More on that later. Not later. <laughs> oh, talk to, us, talk to us on the X, baby. <laughs> um, I started watching The Crown. I've, I've I haven't done that. I've uh. I got through it's, two episodes it's and it's and it's already been like two weeks because I'm horrible at watching shows. But then I started watching um World War II in color. Oh boy, there you go. That 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 that'll lead it all up. And then I got I got through the first two episodes. I'm like, and then I was tired. I'm like, but I was so into it because I, I you know I like history is my favorite thing. Um you doing was, Dan Carlin uh, podcast? What? N- no, I used to. Yeah. Um, but that'd be, good, that'd be good for like your, uh, your Mongo walks. Yeah. But Dan Carlin, like, you know, one episode five hours later. <laughs> yeah. I, that was like when I traveled a lot for work, that was one of my sleep, uh, podcasts. Like I would put it on and I knew that like, it would just keep going if I, cause it's so hard sometimes like you're traveling yeah. and you're in a hotel room. You don't even know where you are. And you're like, Oh my God, I just want to go to sleep. And you just lay in there for an hour and a half. And you're like, Dan Carlin's not like <laughs> raising his voice at you, you know. Yeah. Um. He's he's got dulcet tones, 
But uh, World War II in color, I I was like into it. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to hit the sack. But like I could probably stay awake for another 15 minutes. And I'm like the Pearl Harbor episode. I'm like, I'm going to bed right now. I'll be too fired up if I watch the Pearl Harbor episode. I can't like, yeah, nope, nope. yeah I can't, can't. That's got to be like, everybody's got to be out of my way. That's okay. <laughs> everybody's got to be out of my way. I got it. no interruptions. I got it when it's the Pearl Harbor episode. I got to watch the Pearl Harbor episode uh, yeah. myself. No, no distractions. Can't, can't distract that when he's doing that. There you go. So that will do it. Uh, I think we did all like the share stuff, right? Uh, yeah, I think we did. All right. That's going to wrap it up. We'll surprise you with the next episode whenever we feel like it. (laughs) Maybe it'll be this week. (laughs) I think our pal Mike Sappho is going to, is going to pop in, uh, this weekend, maybe. So we'll, we'll try to do a, uh, definitely, we could definitely definitely talk, uh, you're on the, on the, the tweet, the tweeter or, uh, or the X, whatever, or, uh, do a show on the NFL cut down. Yeah, yeah, we should try to do that. Maybe, 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 maybe mix it in with Saffo too. So we could we could do that. You get a lot of like, you know, you get all the cuts, and the next day, like five more guys get cut and <laughs> picked up. So yeah, we could we do could, the delayed, we could wrap it later in the week. The delayed cut show. Maybe we will yeah. get Peter Clark for that one. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, he knows all those like, especially like you know, like some of the the lower guys you don't necessarily know a ton about, or like why this guy's so much better than the other guy. Yeah, I'll tell you like why the guy the Titans picked up on waivers was better than the guy that the Cowboys picked up on waivers. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, deep, deep stuff though. usually cuts. right. <laughs> All right, dog, that's going to do it. Wrapping it up for the Monday, August 28th show. Pete Alonzo. Is he going somewhere? Baseball sucks. So we talk about football. The jets have the buzz from hard knocks. The giants not quite flying under the radar, but, the Jets are flying above the Giants' radar, so they're they're taking it away a little bit. Good stuff. And we'll be back uh, soon enough. For the dog, Jeff Healy, this is Joe Rizzo. Diamond Diehards is out. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.